All right, Boker Tov. Good morning, Mishpaka. Um, on this beautiful day of uh, first fruits uh, in the wave sheaf. So, what we're going to be talking about this morning is going to be the spring feast of Yahuwah and um, why today is multiple things. Okay, and I'm going to try and make it as quickly as possible. Um, and then, um, and then, you know, I'll answer any questions you guys might have or anything like that. Um, if somebody could just give me a, a good on the audio or I can do it myself too. Let me see. Okay, yep, audio seems to be good. So, perfect. At least on Facebook it is. Um, let's see what is going on with uh, YouTube real quick. Just wanna give people time to get here. All right, sounds good, thank you. Hey, good morning, Christelle. Shalom, shalom. Let me make sure it's working over here. Looks to be. Yep. All right. All right. So, what we're going to do, just real briefly, is we're going to talk about the feast of the spring feast of Yahuwah. Okay, and what they um, what they mean. Um, you know what they're about, everything like that. And I'm going to be as brief as I can and then like I said um, I'll let you guys if you you know you have any questions or whatever you can ask them I'm not saying that I'll have all the answers or anything we'll definitely do the best I can all right so um, we got a few people in here good morning Miss Debbie Bokertov Shalom Shalom Let's see. Still kind of early, so that's all right. All right. So what we're going to talk about is the calendar. Now, your calendar might be different. That's fine. Um, you can still take these principles and apply it to whatever calendar you follow. Okay. So this isn't, you know, this is a teaching, yes, on uh, why today is what it is, everything like that. But at the same time, you should be able to apply these scriptures to whatever calendar it is that you follow, and um, and it should it should work, it should fit because the scripture speaks for itself, right? We don't we don't make the scripture fit the calendar, we make the calendar fit the scripture, right? So, uh, shalom, shalom, Garden Girl, shalom, Chris Fuma Region, Bash Brother Four, what's up? Shalom, shalom, Jill. Good morning, Boker Tov. All right, so first of all, let's talk about this for a second. Um, where is, there we go. Yeah, I guess, or, yeah, there we go. All right, so let's talk about this for a second, all right? Now, Christianity taught us 
in the church taught us that the symbol of our faith was a, a, a cross, right? That's what they taught us. They taught us that, you know, it's everything before the cross and everything after the cross and that the law is done away with, the Sabbath is done away with, the feasts are done away with, et cetera, et cetera, right? But in true reality, um, when you dig into the origins of the cross, you will actually find yourself in uh, Ezekiel chapter 8, and you will realize that it's paying homage to uh, Tammuz. Okay, now I'm not going to go over that, but why did I bring this up? Well, this is a menorah. Now, this is a seven-branch menorah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, because it represents the seven ruach, ruachs of Yahuwah, uh, and also represents the seven feasts of Yahuwah as well. Not a nine menorah or nine uh, branch variant. Okay, this is a seven branch variant. Okay, so now what's interesting is on here you actually have um, on the back. Now you won't be able to see it, but I can see it on here. Is that you have the the Passover lamb right here. You have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Wave Sheaf or First Fruits, uh, Shavuot. You have the Feast of Trumpets, and then Yom Kippur, and then Sukkot. All right. So we're just going to talk about, you know, I can touch on them all real quick, but we're going to focus on the first four because actually, um, following the calendar that or the first first three and then really the first four because uh, that's what within the first roughly uh, 65-ish days of the year, you were covering the first four feasts of Yahuwah, okay? So, of course, we talked about Passover last night. You know, if you didn't uh, get to view the, uh, the Passover live stream, I do apologize it was later. Uh, we just were really enjoying uh, the the dinner and, and fellowship and everything like that, and I didn't want to uh, didn't want to quench the spirit, so I didn't want to just go on my own accord, right? Um, hey, Sarah, shalom, happy first fruits to you as well, hallelujah. So uh, uh, the Passover, right? So if you if you don't know what the Passover is, um, you know you can watch my teaching from last night. I did adjust it. I removed that song. Um, because that's what got the, use, the YouTube live stream taken down was the song at the end because of copyright and stuff. Not that I'm making any money, whatever. Anyway, I don't want to go there. All right. So you have the first, the first feast of Yahuwah. You have seven feasts of Yahuwah, just like you have seven days of creation, right? You have six days he worked and the seventh he rested, okay? You also have a parallel between 6,000 years of history. And then the 7,000th year is when we rest in him during the millennial reign. Hallelujah. Right? So I've done other teachings on that, um, like my teaching um, about uh, preparedness, uh, where the thumbnail says unprepared and un is crossed out. And it talks about having enough oil in your lamp. Uh, it's literally we're in the days of preparation. Preparation, preparing for you. Yahusha's return for our master's return, right? All right, so anyway, Passover, right? That's about the Exodus, okay? 
Then within that, because there's three, um, there's three in gathering feasts or pilgrimage feasts is what they call them. You have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is paired with Passover because it's literally the next day. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, this is from Leviticus 23, that you would gather together. You have uh, Shavuot, which is a harvest feast as well of, um, I think it's the grapes, but don't don't hold me to that, okay? But anyway, or it might be wheat. But um, anyway, you have Shavuot, which is an in-gathering as well. And then at the very end, we have Sukkot, okay? So you have three feasts that are that would have been mandatory for those uh, all males to travel to Jerusalem to pilgrimage there, okay? So the Feast of Passover for us was yesterday. For you, it might have been a couple of weeks ago or it might not be yet. It just depends on the calendar that you choose to follow, okay? But for us, it was yesterday, right? Because our our start of our year, um, hang on one second. Let me, uh, let me go over here. There we go. So the start of our year, we base this calendar. This is called the covenant calendar. Okay, This is what the ministry of Torah to the tribes follows. Um, it, it's based, it's a solar calendar based off of 360 days, which is 12 30-day months. Okay. And that's what it's based off of. So we went off of the vernal takufa right here, or other words, equinox. And then the very next day is Rosh Kodesh or the, or the first day of the month or the head of months. And um, that's also for us was the first day of the year. And I'm looking for my Bible. Where is it? Oh, back over here. All right, so in Exodus 12, 2, oh, it's actually right there. Um, and Brother uh, Jose Passarello is actually the one who made this wonderful uh, calendar for us month by month. So kudos to you, brother, and pray you're having a blessed uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread and First Fruits up in Ohio. But it says, And Yahweh spoke to Moshe and Aharon in the land of Mitzrayim, saying, This month shall be for you the beginning of months or the head of months, and it shall be the first month of the year for you okay so there was some type of reset going on we don't know exactly what was happening before but now we know in exodus 12 that this is the first month okay it's it's known as the month of, of uh, a beep okay or a beep uh depending on how you want to pronounce it all right so anyway with our calendar what we looked for was the equinox to occur or the vernal takufa where the shadow of no turning happened where that straight line appeared across the, the gnomon on the sundial. And then the very next day is the first day of the year. Okay. Quite simple, right? Which is how calendars should be. You shouldn't need algebraic equations, trigonometry, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It should be childlike faith, right? That's what it's all about. So anyway, including day one, including the first day of the year, then we count. Now, what's important is we, we we are called to count our days that we may gain wisdom. Psalm 90 verse 12 says that. All right. We're not, we were, our, our days were never supposed to be named. They were supposed to be numbered. Okay. We are to count our days that we may gain wisdom. All right. So we count our days, including the first day of the year is Rosh Kodesh. That's also, that's day one of the year and also of the month. 
Then we count 14 days. Okay. So day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, which was also a Shabbat, day eight, day nine, day 10, day 11, day 12, being the month of April here, day 13. This would have been when Yahushua had his last supper with his disciples and washed their feet. And then Pesach is in the evening on day 14. Okay. Now, we also believe, I'm not going to get into this right now because I don't want to take that much time, but we also believe uh, that the day begins in the morning. Okay. I have numerous sources on that that I can give you if you want to examine that. But it doesn't make sense. Why, why would Yahuwah have to tell them between the evenings to sacrifice the Passover lamb and to eat the Passover lamb if their day started already in the evening? The same thing with the Day of Atonement. That is another feast that begins in the evening. Okay. But anyway, that's how we ended up with Shabbat or with Passover yesterday, which was also on Shabbat. Okay. Makes sense so far? So that is Passover. That's the first. Sorry. I'm trying to keep this in camera. But that's the first feast, Passover, right? It's it's when the death plague was in Egypt. The blood was over the doorposts, and Yahweh saw the blood. It was a sign. He passed over the doorway and kept the destroyer from coming inside and killing the first one, right? He passed over the land of Egypt, right? And then the very next day is the uh, first day of unleavened bread, okay? <clears throat> this is recorded in Exodus 12. It's recorded in uh uh, Leviticus 23 as well, where it breaks all this down. You guys can go and check it out for yourselves as well. Okay. Now this year is very special because this year for 2021 is the same experience that they had or the same Passover that they would have had in Joshua chapter five. In Joshua chapter five, they had Passover on a Shabbat. Okay. And, and then the very next day was also the first day of unleavened bread. It was also the wave sheath as well, okay? It was also that, all right? Um, and basically what you have to do in order to see this clearly is we go line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, like Isaiah 28 talks about, Isaiah 28, 10, and 13 talks about. But you have to lay over and look at side by side Joshua chapter 5 and Leviticus 23 because they're, they're uh, they complement one another, okay? So anyway, so today is the first day of unleavened bread, which is the second feast of Yahuwah, okay? But it's also the feast of first fruits, okay? Well, why is it the feast of first fruits, which is also called the wave sheaf? Because if we look at Leviticus 23 here, give me a second. Actually, I'm going to do one better. Give me one second here. There we go. Because you guys want to look at Leviticus 23 as well, right? Of course. All right. So let's click here. Leviticus 23. All right. And, okay. So um, let's see. All right. And what's nice 
is these headers that break up everything. It makes it really easy to see. Um, actually, let me see. Yes. Okay, yeah, you guys can see it now. All right. So, so you have the Sabbath, right? Leviticus 23.3. Six days is done, but on the seventh, the Sabbath day of rest, set apart gathering and do no work because it's Sabbath to Yahuwah and all your dwellings. That's why we meet for Sabbath or Shabbat on a weekly basis, on the seventh day of the week. Now, the weekly Shabbat is not tied to the yearly cycle of calendar. Very important to understand that. Okay? My brother, Jose, um, he's actually done some really good teachings on that recently. So you can check them out on uh, Yahuwah's Servant um, and check those out. Okay, The Passover. So it says, these are the appointed times of Yahuwah. Set apart gatherings which you are to proclaim at their appointed times. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month, between the evenings, is the Passover to Yahuwah. Okay, we just touched on that. Then on the 15th day of the month, the very next day of this month, is the Festival of Unleavened Bread or the Feast of Unleavened Bread to Yahuwah. Okay, seven days you eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you have a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work. So on this day, that's why they're gold. Okay, that's why they're gold right here is the first day of unleavened bread, which is today, and then the uh, 10th of, of April, which is the seventh day of unleavened bread, is the bookends where you would do this, where you would do no work, okay? Does that make sense? Oh, you're welcome, Miss Bonnie. Thank you for your kind words and your support. Um, so you do no servile work, so it's the bookends, okay? And verse nine, and Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and you shall say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you, you shall reap its harvest. Then you shall bring a sheaf of your first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before Yahuwah for your acceptance. On the morrow, or the morning after the Sabbath, the priest waves it. This is why... We had this year um, Passovers here, but the very next day, because it's after the Shabbat, is not only the first day of unleavened bread, but it's also first fruits. It's also the wave sheaf. And I'm going to explain what a wave sheaf is in just a moment, okay? Because here's the beautiful thing. Let me just tell you about this, okay? Every feast, okay, they're all tied to Yahusha. So, Brethren, sisters out there, you don't believe in the Messiah anymore because you went from the gospel that brought you to him, but you were in lawlessness, but you were awakened like the prodigal son and you realized you shouldn't eat in the pig troughs anymore. So you came into covenant, you came back into Torah and you started observing, but then you went down some bad rabbit holes and you didn't test every spirit because there's a spirit of anti-Messiah out there. And now you're following Torah somehow without the Messiah? Well, every single feast is about the Messiah. It's about the blood, the being the Passover lamb, the lamb of Yahuwah, which takes away the sin of the world. The unleavened bread is about his death and burial. The first fruits or the wave sheaf is not only necessarily about his resurrection, 
but rather it's about when he took his blood, his pure spotless blood, and he said, and we're going to go over this in just a second, but I'll, I'll touch on it now. But it's where he took his blood, and this is in John 20, where Miriam tried to touch him and he said, don't touch me yet for I haven't gone to my father. I haven't ascended to my father. Right. And he placed his blood. He took his blood and placed it on the altar of heaven. OK, that's what the first fruits is about, because what Yahushua is the first fruits of the resurrection. OK, it's all tied together from beginning to end. He's the Aleph Tav. All right. Shabalot is when the Ruach HaKadosh or the Holy Spirit or the set apart spirit was poured out. This is what Acts chapter two is about. Okay, we'll get into that in a moment. Okay, this next one, the fifth feast, is the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah. It's a war cry. It's announcing the kingdom. It's announcing that Yahushua is returning. Behold, the king cometh. The Yom Kippur is, or the Day of Atonement, is the wedding feast, or the wedding itself, the ceremony, the wedding day. I actually did a really, really beautiful, um, well, I'm biased. I'll just be honest. I'm biased. Okay. I think it's beautiful. Um, but I did a, a really beautiful uh, three-part series on intimacy. And it was about from Shavuot to Sukkot. And I actually told Stephanie and I's story about the bride price and paying for the bride and when the bride is chosen and preparing for the wedding day and all that stuff. So I would encourage you to check it out. It's on my uh, YouTube channel, Much More Truth, okay? But Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, okay? This isn't a day to swing chickens over your head like they do over that little uh, country south of Lebanon, okay? It's it's a day of gratefulness and gratitude that we've been chosen because many are called but few are chosen, right? And then you have Sukkot. Sukkot is the gathering. It's the two houses of Israel coming together in his hand as one stick, Ephraim and Judah, Ephraim and Yehuda coming together as one stick in his hand, like Ezekiel 37 talks about. Okay. It's the two flocks coming together that he talks about in John 10 10 as well. It's the in gathering. Okay. It's the great end time harvest. So every feast is about Yahusha. So how are you going to do the feast in spirit and in truth, but you want to throw out the Messiah? It doesn't work that way. You can't do it. All right. Back to that was free. Okay. Little tangent. All right. But so on that day, the day after the Sabbath, which would be today, because yesterday was the Sabbath, you shall prepare a male lamb, a year old, a perfect one, as a burnt offering to Yahweh. It is a grain offering and two tenths of ephah of fine flour mixed with oil and an offering made by fire, a sweet fragrance. It is a drink offering, one-fourth a hen of wine. What did Yahushua drink when he was on the tree? A little bit of wine? Hmm, interesting. And you do not eat bread. Uh, you do not eat bread or roasted grain or fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your Elohim, a law forever throughout your generations. So within the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that seven, the seven days, this is when your wave sheaf would happen. Your wave sheaf has to occur any year within the bookings of this Feast of Unleavened Bread, okay? It's always going to happen that way based on 
what scripture is telling us. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on. Well, the Feast of Weeks, that's Shavuot. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Let's talk about what a wave sheaf is. Because you're probably wondering, what's a wave sheaf? Well, it's our Messiah. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's zoom in here. Hopefully you guys can see this pretty good. All right. So this is, um, so this year, this is a post I did last year on May 24th, which was when we were having Shavuot. Okay. And it was an explanation of how we got to Shavuot. All right. So um, this is an update that I released on March 22nd. First fruits wave sheaf this year, the Passover is April 3rd, which was yesterday. Okay. And um, today is the first fruits wave sheaf April 4th. Okay. So this would be the, you know, the, the representation of the high priest waving the sheaf. Okay. He's holding up the sheaf. He's holding up the first fruits of the land. Okay. Um, right here. Oops. Oh, no. What did I do? Did I kill something? I killed it. Okay, good. You know, right here it says 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now Mashiach is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. First fruits of the dead, right? I'm not going to click on any more pictures. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go back. Come on, load. Oh, no. What I do? Okay, good. Whew, I was scared. All right, and this is a representation of our, our high priest, our Kohen Haggadal, Yahusha, putting his blood on the heavenly altar, okay? So Yahusha, the wave sheaf. Well, what is a wave sheaf? A wave sheaf is a free will offering to Yahuwah of the first fruits of the harvest so that Yahuwah would continue to bless the land in which we dwell. According to Leviticus 23.10, the wave sheaf was to be waved on the morning following the Shabbat after the Passover or Pesach. So now remember, this is from 2020. Okay, so this is last year. So I'm going to change a couple of dates here. Don't don't shoot or anything. Okay. So this year we celebrated Passover on Saturday, April 3rd, and Shabbat was Saturday, April 3rd. So the very next day, being Sunday, today was the first fruits, or is the first fruits, the day of the wave sheaf in the beginning of the Omer count. Okay. The Omer count to Shavuot. Okay. Can we see the Messiah within the wave sheaf? According to 1 Corinthians 15 20, he is the first, the first fruits of the resurrection. The wave sheaf was made up in of three parts: the burnt offering, a male lamb, a year old, a perfect one, Yahusha, the pure, spotless lamb, Passover lamb of Yahuwah that takes away the sin of the world. John 1, 29 says that. Behold the Lamb of Yahuwah, which takes away the sin of the world, right? Number two, the wave offering. A fine flour mixed with oil. Yahushua's body was the bread from the Shamaim, from heavens, from the heaven, according to John chapter 6, verse 32 through 35. Mixed with the oil of the Ruach HaKodesh, Yahuwah's spirit. Uh, number three, a drink offering, wine. His blood of atoning sacrifice, the blood of the new covenant, as we celebrated yesterday, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. This is why when Mary Magdalene sees him as the gardener in John chapter 20, 
verses 15 through 17. Let's go there real quick. Oops, went too far. 15 through 17. It says, And Yahushua said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Yahushua said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And he said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go and tell my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my Elohim and your Elohim. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the master and that he had spoken these things to her. So now I'm never going to do it justice. Uh, Matthew Nolan's a much better teacher on this than I ever will be. But Yahushua was the Kohen Haggadol, the high priest of that year. He oversaw his own Passover offering. Okay, But if she would have touched him, he couldn't have been the Kohen Haggadol under the order of Melchizedek because he would have become defiled. And he had to put his pure spotless blood on the altar of heaven to finish because a high priest couldn't sit down until the offering was finished. That's why he said it is finished. Hallelujah. Okay? So he put his blood of atonement on the altar of heaven. That's what he did. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about. He's our high priest, our Kohen Haggadah. The wave sheaf was a free will offering, just as it was with the life of Yahushua. He said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life. Oh, hang on. Somebody's popping up. Hang on. I got to mute somebody's messenger. Give me one second. I'm sorry, guys. This is the only bad thing about trying to show Facebook. Um, a post on Facebook when Messenger pops up. So, sorry, Dal. I'll get back with you. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, so John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for, his, for the sheep. He also stated in John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, that no one takes his life. No one has the power to take his life, but that he lays down his life himself. That he has the power to lay it down, and he has the power to take it back, is what it says. Okay? It says, therefore my father, verse 17, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Okay? This is all about Yahushua. Uh, so Yahushua was the wave sheep. He was the first fruits of the resurrection so that we could be resurrected with him at the end time harvest. Hallelujah. And then actually I was going to go to this verse. I didn't even see it there. Um, I was going to quote it though. But it says John 12, 24, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will yield a harvest. He was that grain of wheat that died and yields a harvest. Hallelujah. He was offered up by Israel. Caiaphas, the high priest, 
that year in John chapter 11, verse 50 said, it is better for us that one man should die for the people than that an entire nation should perish. Now, this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yahushua would die for the nation. And not only for the nation, but also that he would gather together the children uh, together in one, the children of Elohim who were scattered abroad. <laughs> Yahushua becoming the wave sheep, the first fruits, enabled us to be gathered together at Shavuot in the wave our wheat harvest together at Shavuot. Hallelujah. So first fruits is about Yahushua as well. Not necessarily about his resurrection, but about his ascension to place his blood on the altar of heaven. Okay. Now, one thing that's important because you're probably wondering right now, well, what about the three days and three nights, Brandon? And I'm glad you asked. Okay. Because back in Yahushua's day, all right, let's go back to our, oops. Oh, no, I didn't want to do that. Okay, good. It didn't, oh, thought I was going to block the whole screen. All right, sorry about that. I have way too many stuff open. So back in Yahushua's day, all right, he was actually impaled or crucified on a Wednesday, okay, in the midst of the week. And then as the end of Shabbat was coming on that Saturday, as we call it, he raised back to life, resurrected, okay? And then the very next morning, as dawn was approaching, is when he is visibly seen and when he ascends to the Father, okay? That's what it's all about. So, all right. So now we understand we have Passover last night. We have today is the first day of unleavened bread. So what do we do on unleavened bread, okay? Well, for seven days, we don't eat leaven, okay? Now, you don't have to go and be like an ingredient finder and spy out all the ingredients. I would much rather you go and spy out all the ingredients within you that are leaven, right? That's more profitable. But, you know, for us, we, we threw away, you know, uh, bread that, was, that had leaven in it, you know, that had yeast in it, things like that. Um, but so... What do we do? What's what's our wave sheaf? What does that look like? Right. So what it is, because we don't need to offer a green offering or things like that. That was under the, the, the Levitical priesthood. Right. The ironic priesthood, rather errantly called Levitical priesthood. It was the ironic priesthood. It was the sons of Aaron who were the priests. Right. So what do we do? Well, what we can do is we can offer up the best of what we have. Meaning this, we offer up thanksgiving of praise, praise and thanksgiving and worship. And we spend time in his word and fellowship with him. And we put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, his zedekah, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? So um, that's what we can do. You know, we can, you can spend the day listening to some worship songs. You can, you know, play some songs. You can sing some songs, everything like that, you know. Um, what was, um, I think it was Psalm 101. It's pretty good today, which I'll talk about that in just a second. But Psalm 101 says this, a song of, Psalm of David, 
I sing of kindness and right ruling to you, O Yahuwah. I sing praises. I act wisely in a perfect way. When do you come to me? I walk in the midst of my house with a perfect heart. I put no matter of Baal before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It does not cling to me. A perverse heart turns away from me. I do not know evil. Him who secretly slanders his neighbor, I cut off. I do not tolerate one. Who has a haughty heart and a proud, a haughty look and a proud heart. My eyes are on the trustworthy of the land to dwell with me. He walks with me in a perfect way. He serves me. He who practices deceit does not dwell in my house. He who speaks lie does not stand in my presence. Each morning I uproot all the wicked of the land to cut off all the workers of wickedness from the city. So, um, so we can we can sing praises to him. You know, we can sing songs to him. We can just tell him how thankful we are for everything. Okay, that's what we do. That's our wave sheath. That's our offering. You know, Romans twelve says this, right? So instead of offering up a burnt offering of, you know, a, a lamb or a goat or, you know, something like that, what do we do? Well, this is what we do. We're a living sacrifice. Romans 12, chapter one, chapter 12, verse one says, I call upon you, therefore, brothers, through the compassion of Elohim to present your bodies a living offering or a living sacrifice, Kodesh, set apart and well-pleasing to Elohim. This is your reasonable worship, your reasonable worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you prove what is good and well-pleasing and perfect desire of Elohim. And there's many other, you know, there's many other scriptures that, that talk about being a living sacrifice, but that's what we do. Okay. That's what we are. We're a living sacrifice. All right. So then you have, you know, the, the rest of the days of, oh, and also, so it's a day of no work. So it's a solemn assembly or a holy convocation, okay? So, you know, you don't work um, similar to a Shabbat. You know, you don't, you don't work. You don't go buy and sell, et cetera. You, um, you know, it's, it's a day of, like I said, Thanksgiving and praise and offering to him and thinking of him and doing things um, that, you know, remind you and, and allow you to reminisce, reminisce of him. Okay, that's what you do. Then the rest of, you know, the last, uh, the next five days of unleavened bread, you simply are just eating unleavened bread. Now, you don't only eat unleavened bread. Okay, and I'm going to clarify what I mean by that. So some people think that literally all I do is eat unleavened bread, nothing else, and like what? What it's saying really is that whatever you eat, you eat it with unleavened bread. So, like, for example, my wife makes amazing unleavened bread. Um, it's probably too good to, you know, be real, you know. Um, but then she makes like a uh, like a chicken salsa thing, and, you know, we put it on there, and then we eat it with unleavened bread, okay? That's what you do, okay? And it's a representation that week, and... Brother Matthew has a, some great teachings on it. I think it's just called uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, I'll post it later um, on my uh, on my or on my page. But um, it's a time of mourning because it was our sin. Okay, you know that song. Um, 
Here I am to worship. You know what? I'm going to sing it. That's fine. It's my first fruits, right? It's my offering to him, right? So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And then the bridge goes like this. And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Right? So during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it's a it's a it's a set apart time, a time of recollection and mourning for what our sin did to him because it was our sin our iniquity our lawlessness our unrighteousness our uncleanliness that hung him on that tree and held him on that tree because he he redeemed us he redeemed us by his blood because without the remission or without blood there can be no remission of sin okay that's what the book of Hebrews is all about. All right. It's all about him. Okay. So that's what you do for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now it's also, okay, the wave, the wave sheaf is also when you start the count to Shavuot. All right. That's when you start the count to Shavuot. All right. So let's look at that. Um, go back to Leviticus 23. Oops, 23. There we go. So you have uh, the Sabbath, the Passover, which includes the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Included in that, you have the first fruits. We've covered that. Now you have the Feast of Weeks, which is called Shavuot. Okay. And it says, and from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the wave sheaf offering. So on the day that you bring the wave sheaf that morning, is when you begin, it says you shall count for yourselves. Now, this is a very important concept, okay? Now, back in the biblical days, the priests would have been the ones who were watching for the Tekufa or the Equinox, when to start the year, et cetera, et cetera. They would have been the ones keeping the count, okay? And counting, you know, to Shavuot and everything like this. But the scripture clearly says, that we count for ourselves. So it's not something that Brandon counts for you or some other teacher counts for you, Matthew. No one counts for you. Anyone else counts for you. Whoever your favorite teacher is, whatever, doesn't count for you. It says you count, you shall count for yourselves. Why do we count? We count our days so that we may gain wisdom. Just like I told you about Psalm 90, verse 12. Where is it? Psalm 90, verse 12. Okay. Teach us to number our days and let us bring the heart to wisdom or other translations say the paraphrase that I said. Okay. Teach us to number our days that we may gain wisdom. All right. So that's why we count just like you walk out. Just so you count your way to Shavuot, just like Philippians 2, you count or you walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
It's the same thing you do. Okay. Now, what's interesting is the Feast of Shavuot is the only feast in the seven feasts where there's not a specific date given, like where it would say, you know, um, on the third month or in the third month on the this day of the month, you celebrate the Feast of Shavuot. Because, see, it does that for Passover, unleavened bread, uh, first fruits, it tells you. It tells you for trumpets, it tells you for the Day of Atonement, and it tells you for Sukkot. But Shavuot is the only feast where you have to count, all right? Because you have Passover, the, the 14th day of the first month. Unleavened bread begins the 15th day of the first month, right? Uh, then you have first fruits, which is the, uh, the, the wave offering, right? When you begin your Omer count, and that's the day after the Shabbat, right? We've already explained that, okay? But Shavuot, there's no count, or there's no set, like, hey, it's in the third month, it's on this day. It doesn't It's not recorded that way, all right? So um, let me start over verse 15 here. How are we doing on, oh, crap, we're already 45 minutes. My goodness, I better hurry up. All right. In the morning, the mor morning after the Shabbat, from that day, you, that you brought the wave sheaf offering, you shall count for yourselves, Seven completed Shabbats, or seven weeks, right? That's why it's called the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot. Until the morrow after the seventh Shabbat, you count 50 days. So you count 50 days total from the day you start the Omer count and the, the day of the wave sheaf, that you wave the sheaf. Um, then you shall bring a new grain offering to Yahuwah. Bring from your dwellings for a wave offering two loaves of bread, two tenths of ephah of fine flour that... Uh, they are baked with leaven, first fruits to Yahuwah. And besides the bread, you shall bring seven lambs a year, seven perfect ones, one young bull, two ram. Are you glad we're not in the Levitical priesthood? We'd have to bring seven lambs, perfect ones, one young bull, two rams, their burnt offerings with their grain offering, their drink offerings, a whole lot of offerings. <laughs> um, and, okay, so this is what this is about, okay? So here, this is the first day of the Omer count, all right? Now, one thing that we do, okay, there's many ways you can count the Omer, all right? Many, many ways you can do it. But what we chose to do is we read the Psalms. So we read 50 Psalms or 50 days worth of Psalms, and you end up reading through the entire Psalms in, um, in the 50 days, all right? So... Let's look at um, uh, counting the Omer. This is a blog that I wrote on the same March 22nd. Okay, So this year is unique. It's the same Passover season that the Israelites experienced in Joshua chapter 5. April 3rd is the Passover. Then the following day is three things. It's the first day of unleavened bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's the, first, the Feast of First Fruits and the Wave Sheaf which is also the start of the Omer count. We count our way to Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, a.k.a. Pentecost, when the Ruach HaKodesh was poured out in Acts chapter 2. These are the appointed times of Yahweh set-apart gatherings, which you are to proclaim at their appointed times. Right, And then I list out for you um, Passover, Leviticus 23, 4, and 5, Unleavened Bread, the next uh the next series on lemon bread, Leviticus 23, 6 through 8. The first and last days 
which are April 4th and April 10th are bookend Shabbats. As stated above, we do no work nor buying or selling. So it's an important day on Friday, preparation day, being preparation day to prepare ahead of time. Okay. The feast of first fruits, wave sheaf, um, like I said, is Leviticus uh, 23, 9 through 13. Okay. We just got done talking about that. And the feast of Shavuot, the feast of weeks, is Leviticus 23, 15 through 17. So the Omer count begins on April the 4th, today. And the way we choose to count the Omer is by reading through the Psalms. We choose, we start with Psalm 1, Psalm 51, and Psalm 101 on day one. Okay. And as the 50 days go by, we move one Psalm forward. For example, Psalm 2 or day two of the Omer count would be Psalm 2, Psalm 52, and Psalm 102. Makes sense? Okay. Then on the last day of the Omer, which is Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, we end with Psalm 50, Psalm 100, and Psalm 150. Now, again, there are many various ways to count the Omer. This is just the way we chose to do it corporately, okay? Just like how we uh, how the Torah portions are laid out on a daily basis, this is also just an example and totally optional, okay? So what does all this mean? All right, so Pesach. Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread begins, Feast of Unleavened Bread ends, Wave Sheaf, Omer Count starts. That's why the little uh, leaf is there for the wheat. That's what it's supposed to represent. Okay. So we count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's one week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's two weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's Three weeks, sorry, lost count for a second. See, so I gotta count, right? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, which is down here, four weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, five weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven weeks. Your next day is Shavuot, day 50. Right there, which for us is going to be May the 23rd, which oddly enough is the day I graduated high school in 2004. Side note, okay? So what's interesting here is let's look at Acts chapter 1, right? Because we know that um, maybe it's John, maybe it's the end of John. Hang on, let me find it real quick. All right, well, I don't know where it is right now, so I'll let you go on a treasure hunt. But um, Yahushua, after his resurrection, was with them, with his disciples, and appeared to them many times, several times throughout that time, for 40 days. And then his ascension, his final ascension, when he went up into the cloud, which we're going to read through here, was on day 40, during in the midst of their count to Shavuot. 
Okay, so the promise of the Ruach HaKodesh, um, the first account, and this is what Christianity says, this is when the church was birthed. No, the ecclesia, which is the word for uh, what we get the word church from, ecclesia, which is assembly, is um, all the way back in Genesis 12, okay, when um, Yahweh made the covenant with uh, Abraham. Okay, so it says uh, the first account I made all Theophilus of all that Yahushua began uh, to do and teach until the day he was taken up after giving instructions through the set apart spirit to the missionaries or emissaries whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering suffering by many infallible proofs. Oh, there it is right there. And being seen by him for 40 days <laughs> asking you shall receive right there. Um, Speaking concerning the reign of Elohim or the kingdom of Elohim and meeting with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which you've heard from me. If you want to know what the promise of the father is, the Ruach HaKodesh, go back and read Luke 24, 49, John chapter 14, 16 and 26. Okay. Because Yohanan, John, the immerser, truly immersed in water, but you shall be baptized in the set apart spirit. Not many days from now. Verse 6. So when they had gathered together, they asked him, saying, Master, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Luke chapter 1, verse 33. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Deuteronomist powers, where we get the word dynamite from there in the Greek. When the set-apart spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Yehuda, in Shemer, uh, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And having said this, while they were looking on, he was taken up, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And as they were gazing into heaven, into the heaven, as he went up, two men stood by them dressed in white, who also said, Men of Galilee, why did you stand looking into the heaven? The same Yahusha who was taken up from you into heaven shall come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Footnote Zechariah 14, 4. Okay, then they uh, chose Matthias, etc. So let's go to chapter 2. This is when Shavuot happens. So when, it says, and when the day of the festival of weeks, a.k.a. Shavuot, a.k.a. Pentecost, had come, or had fully come, it says in some translations, they were all in one mind and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and settled on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or gave them to speak. Now in Jerusalem... There were dwelling Yahudim, dedicated men from every nation under heaven. Why? Because it's the feast. It's one of those pilgrimage feasts, Shavuot. That's what it was about. That's why everyone was in Jerusalem, because it was a pilgrimage feast. You had to come those three times a year. And when this sound came to be, the crowd came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language, and they were amazed and marveled and saying to one another, Look, are not all these Galileans? But how do we hear each our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who dwell in Amram, whatever that says, both Yehuda and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phaegra, Pamphylia, Mitzrayim, Egypt, 
Um, the parts of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Yahudim and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the great deeds or works of Elohim. And they were greatly amazed and puzzled, saying to one another, what does this mean? And others mocked and said, they have been filled with sweet wine. Ah, oh, but Peter's sermon, I love this one. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Men of Judah, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you this day and listen closely to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you imagine, since this is only the third hour of the day. Now, if it was the third hour of the day, and the day started at the evening, and it was the third hour, then it would have been like nine o'clock and these men could have been drunk, right? It's another witness of when the day begins, but I digress. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, says Yah, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. On my male servants and my female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I shall show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and pillar, vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon to be turned into blood before the great, the coming of the great and splendid day of Yahuwah. And all who calls upon the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. Now, if you're a Christian, you're watching this, your Bible says all who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But what is his name? It's not Lord. What's his name? See, because this refers back, Acts 2.21 refers back to Joel 2.28 through 32. All that calls upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved, shall be delivered. It also refers ahead to Romans 10.13, where it also says, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered or shall be saved. But Romans 10.13 is also referring back to Joel 2.32. Where it says, Why Yahuwah, All who call upon the name of Yahuwah shall be saved, shall be delivered. It's referring back to him. So his name is important. Many of Israel hear these words, Yahusha of Nazareth, a man of, from Elohim, having been pointed out to you by mighty works, wonders, and signs which Elohim did through him in your midst, as yourselves, you yourselves also know, this one given up by the set purpose and foreknowledge of Elohim, you have impaled, and you put to death through the hands of lawless men. Him, Elohim, raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was impossible that, they, that he could be held in its grip. Hallelujah. This is what it's about right here. This is what Shavuot is about. It's when the Ruach HaKodesh is poured out. It's also when the bride is chosen and set apart as well. So that's interesting. So anyway, um, let me see if we have any questions. I'm, I'm tired of rambling on. My voice is uh, getting uh, getting weak. <laughs> From I, I preached Friday night, preached Saturday morning, preached Shabbat night last night, and then now this morning I'm I'm up here talking again. But I know a lot of people had some questions about the calendar, how it's today is is the first day of unleavened the bread, also the wave sheaf, the start of the Omer count, etc. So I wanted to, you know, at least um, you know, field those field those questions. So.
Shalom, Sarah. Happy first fruits to you as well. Shalom, Sean. Shalom, brother. Shalom to my beautiful wife. Shalom, Miss Bonnie. Shalom, Jason. Shalom, garden girl. Yes, every feast is about Yahusha. Hallelujah. Sure is. Bokertov, Mishpaka. Hey, Samek, first fruits. I, I said that wrong, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm a redneck. It's okay. Shalom, everyone. Shalom, Maurice. Shalom, Miss Debbie. So any uh, any questions at all? I don't want to carry uh, too long if there's not, but I want to give people opportunities. So what are you using for the Omer count? What am I using for the Omer count? Um, Shalom, Brian. Um, what are we using for the Omer count? Well, what can you rephrase that? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Like, are you saying when are we starting it or what are we using to count the Omer? I'm not, I'm not sure what you're saying. But what we're using to count the Omer personally, again, you know, other people can do other things. But what we're doing is um, actually, let me see if I have, give me one second here. I might actually have a um, PDF that shows it, maybe. Let's see. Oh, wrong one. Oh, do we just use a calendar and mark the days off? Um, great question, uh, Tina. Thank you for that question. So let me show you here. Um, all right, so this right here is something that we have from uh, on tour to the tribes.com. Now, if you're signed up for Shabbat Fellowship emails, this is actually in, excuse me, this is actually in your email already. Uh, towards the bottom, okay. And Abigail is trying to break in. Apparently, hi Abigail. Um, <laughs> um, so the counting of the owners. So basically, day one. Hi, did you make it? Okay, hello. All right. Okay, you're feeling better. Yeah. Okay, can you go to mommy? No, no, no. Don't touch. Yeah, that's a menorah. Can you go to mommy? Okay, thank you. I love you. See you in a little bit. Go ahead. Go to mommy. Okay. Um, so anyway, day one, right here. Can you shut the door? You pull the door closed? Thank you. No, pull it. Pull the door. There you go. Yeah, pull it. Keep going. All right. Good job, Abigail. Way to go. All right. So the counting of the Omer, this PDF shows you day one, what you do. So you have Psalms 1, Psalm 51, Psalm 101. So day 2, 252, 102. Okay. Um, 3, 53, 103, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to 50. Okay. Make sense? And I think this 
let me know if that link came through. Now it's not populating on my, I don't know why I can't comment to, um, I can't comment directly to my personal Facebook page. I can only comment directly to YouTube and as in the days of Noah's Facebook page. I don't know why. But yeah, that's what we use. So hopefully that answers your, your question. Um, and thank you. That's very sweet. I try and be a good dad. Um, so yeah. And shalom, Sherry. Shalom, shalom. So any other um, questions at all? I didn't see any other questions. But hopefully now you understand that essentially, basically in the first roughly 65 days of the year, the first four feasts are completed. Okay. So you have, once again, recap, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, which is also your wave sheaf, which is when you begin your count to Shavuot, then you have Shavuot. Then we go through the dry, barren summer times of, you know, the, the fourth, fifth, and sixth months where we have no, um, you know, where we have no, uh, no feasts at all. And then in the fall feasts, uh, we would start, uh, I want to say it's approximately, let me see, uh, actually, it might be on here. Yeah. So Jose did this whole calendar. So if you follow, if you follow Torch of the Tribes, if you're part of the ministry, if you follow the Covenant Calendar Club, or the Covenant Calendar, rather, sorry, not Covenant Calendar Club, although it's, you know, taught there. Obviously, that's what it's about. But um, this is available in the in the um, uh, Shabbat, <coughs> Shabbat Fellowship. It's on there. Um, it's also in the Covenant Calendar Club on Facebook as well. Okay, and our brother Jose put this together for us. is really nice. Has little uh, stories of scripture. Because what's interesting is at Sinai, Mount Sinai, uh, when the you know so-called Ten Commandments were given, was at Shavuot. Okay, that was at Shavuot when that happened. Okay, um, and then these little um, purple boxes—they're Rosh Kodeshes. So, you know, right now we are here. So our next month, month two, begins on April the 20th. Okay, that's when it begins. Okay, makes sense. Um, month three, et cetera. Um, but where was I going? I was going to show. Um, so September, okay. So the Feast of Trumpets is in the seventh month on the first day of the month. Okay. It says, Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying again, speak to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Shabbaton, a set-apart gathering, a remembrance of blowing of shofar blasts or trumpets, a set-apart gathering. You shall do no laborious work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. Okay? Then it has here um, what the shofar trumpet all about. So that is on going to be on September 17th this year. Okay? Um, that is just a single day. Okay? Then you count again to including that first day, which is Rosh Kodesh, which is the Feast of Trumpets, 
day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10 is Yom Kippur. Okay. Yom Kippur again is the, um, the day of atonement, right? And then from there, you keep counting 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 is the beginning of Sukkot. Okay. So the 15th day of the month, if we look at, um, go back to Leviticus 23. Okay. We did the Feast of Weeks. Feast of Trumpets is right here. Very short and sweet. It's like two sentences. Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, speak to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a rest. In remembrance of blowing trumpets, set apart gathering. If you do no silver towel work, you shall bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. Again, we don't need to bring offerings made by fire because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be the living, breathing sacrifice of him. Okay. Day of Atonement right here. Um, seventh On the 10th day of the seventh month is the Day of Atonement right there. Okay. The Feast of Booths or in gathering or Sukkot. A Sukkah is a booth, right? Um the Feast of Booths, uh, speak to the children of Israel, saying on the 15th day of the seventh month, this is the festival of booths for seven days to Yahuwah. Again, you have, so just like with Unleavened Bread, you have bookends. On the first day of the of Sukkot is a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work. Then for seven days, you bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. On the eighth day, there shall be a set-apart gathering for you and you should bring an offering made by fire. It is a closing festival. You do no servile work. These are the appointed times of Yahuwah, which you proclaim as set apart gatherings to bring an offering made by fire to Yahuwah. A burnt offering and a grain offering, a slaughtering, drink offering is commanded for every day. Besides the Sabbaths of Yahuwah, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, besides your voluntary offerings, which you give to Yahuwah, on the 15th day of the first month, when you gather in the fruit of the land, Observe the festival of Yahuwah for seven days. On the first day is a rest, and on the eighth day is a rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of the good trees, branches, palm trees, twigs of leafy uh, fit, sorry, twigs of leafy trees, willows of the stream, and you shall rejoice before Yahuwah before your Elohim for seven days. Okay. And you shall observe it as a festival of Yahweh for seven days in a year. Lawgiver for in all your generations, observe it in the seventh month. Dwell in booths or tents or sukkahs for seven days. All who are native Israelites dwell in booths so that your generations know that I, Yahweh, speaking there, made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. Thus Moshe spoke these appointed times of Yahuwah to the children of Israel. Okay? So that's what it's talking about here. Then we have no other feasts for the rest of the year. In the rest of the seventh month, the eighth month, um, the ninth month, the tenth month, which that takes us through December because the 11th month and the 12th month are here, January and February timeframe. Okay. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, 
Oh, thank you, Sherry. I appreciate that. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad that it was very simple, easy to use. I really think that it should be, you know, calendar should be simple. You're you're very welcome, uh, Miss Tina. All glory and praise to Yahweh. He's the giver and revealer of all wisdom. Uh, yes, the teaching will be saved. Um, it'll be up on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, hashtag much more truth, and on my Facebook page as long as it's there <laughs> as well. Um, but, you know, I feel that, you know, why we count, why we do the calendar that we do, just, you know, a brief explanation. So we're called to childlike faith, right? Um, you know, suffer not the children to come to me is what Yahushua said, right? So a calendar, you know, and there's there's varying different ones, but the reason why I chose this one, I looked at several others out there. I looked at some lunar ones. I looked at um, some Enoch ones, okay? Um, the lunar ones were really easy to, to throw out for me, okay? I don't condemn anyone if they're on them or anything like that. It's just, it wasn't for me. What scripture says is what I'm gonna do, okay? Scripture, I can't find a refer reference, record, anything of a 13th month. It's just not there, okay? Let alone the two to three witnesses that you need to establish a truth, like Deuteronomy talks about, right? And so I that's why all the lunar stuff for me, I, I eliminated immediately because I was like, you know, first of all, there's many different variants. There's like, okay, looking for a sliver, looking for nothing, looking for a full moon, looking for a quarter moon. You know, there's many different variants there. But if you take a lunar cycle, <clears throat> a lunar cycle is 29 and a half days, all right? Well, if you have 29 and a half days um, and you multiply that by 12, one and a half times 12, you only get 354 days. 354, right? That doesn't work. How do you, how do, you do that, right? So, um, and, and Brother Jose and I have done several, you know, teachings on this, but basically there's a time in Ezekiel 38 and also in 2 Kings chapter 20 where Hezekiah has an encounter with the prophet Isaiah uh, and Yahuwah where he makes the sun move back 10 degrees. All right. So we believe that before that, just because of many references with Noah, like the time that Noah spent on the ark, um, you know, was 150 days. It was exactly divisible by 30. You know, there's other references as well that are all divisible by 30. And so we believe that the, the current situation that we have now, where it's roughly a 365-day calendar, were, was because when he caused the sun to move back and lengthen the days of King Hezekiah, and allow him to uh, come back to health and everything like that, and not die. Well, that moved the sun out of its um, out of its uh, circuit or orbit, as you would say, because it moves above Earth. Okay, um, and that's why we have these intercalendaring days right here. We call them balancing days. So we're under the belief, and we could be wrong, but um, we're under the belief that now there are like 17, 18 witnesses in scripture that show that when the tribulation begins, the great, the great tribulation begins that final 42 months, that it is indeed 
1260 days, 42 months, exactly three and a half years, which if you take 360 times 3.5, you get 1260 days, right? You get that, okay? And there's like literally 17 different references from the book of Daniel to, um, uh, to um, Revelation chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 13. I don't think I left anything out, but, you know, all those, all those places, you know, so it's pretty clear that that's, that's what's, you know, going to happen. Okay. So that's why we use the calendar that we use is because a child, like if you have a five, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, you know, somewhere in that range, they should be able to do this calendar. And that's why it should be simple is because it's all about childlike faith, right? Like, it's very easy to know when an equinox occurs, right? Then the very next day is when you begin your count. That's when your first day of the first first, uh, first day of the first month of the year begins, right? Then from there, all you have to do is count. All you have to do is count so that you may gain wisdom. Count our days that we may gain wisdom, right? May gain a heart of wisdom. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Right there, our Passover, 15. Well, this should be, sorry, this is a typo. That should be 0115, and that's 0117, obviously. So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Stop. Start over. New month. Right there. Next day, new month. Okay, you do that 12 times, you get all the way through 360 days, which would bring you right to here, 360th day. Okay, then you wait, you start watching, because we're called to watch. We're called to watch, not just prophetically, but physically. We're called to watch, because we're watching for this shift where the Takufa doesn't occur, like this year it occurred on the 20th. We thought maybe it was going to occur earlier here to match, um, you know, prophetically what we thought was taking place. Um, so we thought that that shift might take place to where, where we would go back to the 360 days, which if you think about 360, right? How many degrees are in a circle? 360, right? So if that's how many degrees are in a, on a, a compass, 360, you know, and the earth is a circle, okay? He who sits above the circle of the earth looks down upon us like we're grasshoppers, right? That's Isaiah 40, 22. So why wouldn't the calendar, a clock is a circle, right? It's a circle. So why wouldn't the calendar be a circle? Why would it be something other than that? Why wouldn't it be that simple? It should be simple. It should, you shouldn't, you should be able to figure this out on your own by taking, like, taking all the information I've given you today. You should be able to go and see it with your own eyes and your own scriptures for yourself. Okay. If you can't, then you're having to rely on man or, or, you know, a woman to teach you and everything like that. And that's not, way it's designed to be you know no no man or woman should rule over another woman or man you know 
Uh, we all have different callings and everything like that. But, you know, if there's and also if you have any questions or anything now, I'm not um, the uh, counter guru, so to speak. Actually, that would be um, our brother, uh, Jose Passarell. Um, I, in the Kevin Encounter Club, I actually teach more of the spiritual prof prophetic side of things. But um, I've been learning this as I go, you know, to to better understand it and to be able to relay it and things like that, answer questions. But hopefully that um, that answers your questions regarding the first first four feasts or spring feasts, we call them, of the menorah, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits or the wave sheaf and Shavuot. Right. So now, you know. Now you can know to uh, go grab a menorah. It's not a Jewish thing. This is a biblical thing. The, you know, Yahusha standing before the seven lampstands. That was the menorah. That's what he was standing before. All right. So, oh, thank you, Hannah. I appreciate that. You're very kind. Thank you. Awesome. Well, hallelujah. Well, let me uh, do the ironic blessing over you. Yahuwah, bless you. Keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Shalom. All right. Shalom and blessings, everyone.